From the Tulsa world, this is the OU Sports Extra Podcast, sponsored by Albert G's Barbecue. Here are your hosts, Eric Bailey and Mason Young. Oklahoma defeats BYU 31-24 to keep their Big 12 championship game hopes alive. Mason, it was a heck of a game, came down to the final drive again, and uh, there was an unlikely hero today, Jackson Arnold, who came in the second half for an injured Dylan Gabriel, didn't let things get too big for him, went and made some key plays, including the the game-sealing pass that he called on his own when he checked it off to himself. Uh, a pass to Jillo Farouk to, to uh, get the game-winning first down. Just an incredible game by uh, by Jackson Arnold, something no one really expected. And, uh, you know, at a tie game, he came in, game tied 17-17, second half, and got the job done. Yeah, it was really impressive to see his poise given the situation that he was in. Uh, obviously, not a not a huge stat line. I think five of eight for 33 yards and, and rushed a couple times for a handful of yards as well. Uh, this wasn't a uh, Caleb Williams against Texas uh, type game, but Jackson Arnold just did exactly what OU needed him to do: take care of the ball and and continue to move the ball and and score points. And you know they they made that happen. Uh, I I think you know you can look at this and you can say like, well, darn, they burned Jackson Arnold's red shirt uh, for that. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think the the better way to look at this is, you know, if they don't live their chances at right now, they're still in the Big 12 championship game race. And, you know, their chances at Arlington are over if they, you know, play Davis Bevel or, or whatever and lose this game. So, you know, you you can't second guess the decision and you love to see the confidence with which Jackson Arnold played and, and it felt like all of his teammates on offense really just round, uh, rallied around him. Uh, Gavin Sawchuk obviously was huge in this game as well, his third straight game rushing for over 100 yards, and, and they were able to put it away on a, on a day where, you know, Dylan Gabriel th- gets hurt. Um, you know, everything could have just gone awry, and it didn't. They they held it down. It's crazy when you think about this OU-BYU series. I wrote about it this week. This is the first time Oklahoma's beaten BYU. They've only had three games in 1994 in the Copper Bowl. Starter Garrick McGee was hospitalized and didn't play in that Copper Bowl game. OU loses 31-6. to six. In, 19, in 2008, Sam Bradford, no, 2009, excuse me, Sam Bradford uh, injured in the first half of that game. Backup quarterback comes into that one. OU loses that game. A script changed today with o- Jackson Arnold finding a way to get Oklahoma a win. And you mentioned Gavin Sawchuk. Like, you know, I don't know if we talk about him enough because when you think about what he's been able to do, we string together three 100-yard games in a row. Uh, he really is being more patient, running the football, finding his holes, letting things develop in front of him. I think that's been huge for the offense. The offensive line has been pretty stable. It was funny because uh, what did what did uh, Brent Venables call Caden Green today? A, a manimal? Is that what it was? He called him a manimal today in the press conference. Uh, and so he was really high on Caden Green's uh, play at guard today. And then, you know, and, and receivers, Jaden Gibson had a great catch uh, just shy of the end zone, but a big time catch stretching the field. Uh, Jalil Farouk, of course, had the third down catch. Drake Stoops had some big plays early. Uh, guys are really contem- comp- uh, really coming together and, and committed to the offense. And Jeff Levy, uh, you know, there's some questionable calls still, but you know what? They got the job done. I think I will say this. Let's go ahead and get this out of the way. 
No more handoffs to Drake Stoops out of the backfield. I just don't – I don't know if we need direct handoffs to Drake Stoops out of the backfield. And that's – you know, with all due respect to Drake, that's just not his game, especially with the way that they were throwing the ball and finding him all over the field. So – but for, for the offense uh, to adjust to a, a backup quarterback, a freshman, uh, and let, the, let him guide them, it, it was huge for the Sooners. Now right. – Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I think that play you mentioned says it all, right? The fact that Jeff Levy had the confidence in Jackson Arnold to let him, you know, call that off and and do his own thing. And you asked Brent Venables as well about, you know, that situation. They had a similar situation against Kansas where they ran the ball and, and you know, it was, it was wise not to do that. Uh, you know, obviously the play was there and Jackson Arnold makes a throw and they put the game away. And that's great. You love to see – uh, those adjustments like that. And uh, you also think about, uh, to your point of the the wide receiver runs, yeah, that stuff's got to stop. I mean, like Gavin Sawchuck and and Tawi Walker have been, you know, good enough the past several games that, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. You don't need to do that. So there's definitely still some, like, get cute moments with Jeff Levy where it feels like it's like, man, he can't help himself. But by and large, you know, he ha- he has been a lot better uh, the past two weeks about putting uh, this OU offense in positions to succeed situationally. The crazy thing about that final play, well, let, let me talk about that play one more, one more time with Jackson Arnold. Uh, Jeff Levy told us all week long they prepared the quarterbacks for zero blitz where there would be no buddy in the secondary, just all-out blitz where you had to make the check and make the quick throw. And that was the first time they had shown it all game. And uh, to his to his credit, Jackson Arnold read the defense perfectly, checked out of it. I think Jeff Levy was probably giddy because of what Jackson Arnold was able to do. And then not only recognize the the the, the defense, but decide to check to it, but make the throw. That's not an easy throw. That's a quick throw. It's not easy at all. And uh, he made a big-time throw at a big-time moment. Uh, again, I don't think that this, this isn't too big for him. I think I was really, really impressed with the, what – he was able to do and it his running ability too. You know, he, he picked, you know, he was able to really run the football as well. So uh, I thought that that was good too. Dylan Gabriel's uh, we don't know about his status going in uh, to next week, uh, Friday game against TCU 11 AM. Uh, Brent sounds like he's optimistic, but there's just, just too much to try to figure out what's going on with Dylan Gabriel. Uh, what was it? He said upper body injury, where everyone it, it looks like it's concussion protocol right now, so we'll just have to see. And, and Dylan went through that uh, last year, remember, with the TCU game, and uh, and then he sat out the next game against Texas. So uh, every year is different, every situation is different, but it'll be interesting to see what happens this week. Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously Jackson Arnold uh, getting really the most extensive playing time that he's gotten all season today, and getting these reps is a really good thing in the event that Dylan Gabriel can't play next week. I mean, he's going to be your guy against TCU to finish out the regular season at home. And by what he showed today, it looks like he definitely has the poise to handle it. Uh, But, you know, he needed to get these reps today because he's going to be, if he indeed ends up starting against TCU, you know, he's going to be asked to do a lot more than just manage the game. It's going to be about putting points on the board and, and plenty of them as well. So, good reps for him today and uh you know you you obviously you would love to have dylan gabriel back uh, on this short turnaround but i think if you have to go to jackson arnold you like your chances you had a chance to write uh, a big big thing about the sooners 21-0 on points off turnovers three turnovers for byu none for 
for Oklahoma, and I, it was really a turning point. You got to win the turnover battle when you're on the road. And Oklahoma did that, and then some. When you think about a record-setting return by uh, Billy Bowman, what a play by Billy! A great play by Danny Stutzman, who is really under the weather. Weather, and he really shared with us how under the weather he is. He maybe got a little bit too graphic in his descriptions as well. Uh, but yeah, can you talk a little bit about those two plays in particular in the second half, how they really turned the tide of momentum and really made Jackson Arnold feel a little bit more comfortable? Well, Bowman's play was huge. Uh, you know, at that point, the game's tied and it looks like BYU is is going to take the lead. Uh, they ran consecutive plays, I think of like 25, 11 and 22 yards run play. So they just absolutely gutted the OU defense and took it down to OU's two yard line. And, uh, they ran an RPO. Their quarterback, for some reason, uh, decided he was going to throw after they had run for double-digit yards on three straight plays. Bad idea. Uh, he throws it to the guy in the slot, and uh, Billy Bowman jumps in front of him and takes it all the way, a 100-yard pick six to the other end of the field, gets tripped up at the end and somersaults into the end zone. His second pick six of the season, uh, really, really impressive play to – get in front of that guy and make the catch and and then, you know, take it all the way without running out of gas. Yeah. Uh, but that was a huge stop in a situation where it looked like BYU um, was going to take the lead. They completely had OU's backs against the wall and the defense just kept scrapping to, you know, get out of that situation. So that was huge. BYU ends up, you know, tying the game after that. Uh, but to put the game away, Danny Stutzman, the, uh, Playing the playing the uh, you could call it the flu game. You think about uh, Michael Jordan beating the the Utah Jazz uh, in the in the ninety seven NBA Finals with uh, having food poisoning. Uh, Danny Stetsman also had food poisoning uh, from he says, uh, I guess undercooked pasta at a restaurant in Norman that he eats at a lot, and so he was not in he was not in good shape starting yesterday morning and. Uh, really was not sure whether or not um, Brent Venables didn't think he was going to be able to play, but he did everything from a little bit of chicken noodle soup to some IVs to get himself ready to play in this game. Uh, you know, with the with the season on the line, you know, you lose this game, you're completely, totally out of the Big 12 championship picture. Uh, you know, Danny Stutzman made sure he was ready to go no matter how bad he felt. And uh, so he – you look at that, that fourth quarter play, he he blitzes off the edge and uh, Rondell Bothroyd's got the guy in the flat covered. So that buys him the time to get to the quarterback. He gets the sack and strips it. First sack for OU since October 21st against TCU. They were due to finally get some, uh, get some heat on the quarterback. Jacob Lacey recovers that and then OU goes down and scores. Gavin Sawchuk's 16-yard touchdown run puts them up for good. Huge play by Stutzman, who, you know, might not have even played in this game. Finished with a, a team-high team, ta uh, 10 tackles, two of those for loss. And uh, he talked about uh, after the game how horrible the plane ride up was, uh, the plane ride up to Utah uh, yesterday. I got a feeling this plane ride home probably has got to feel a lot better from a we won standpoint and a, uh, a health standpoint. <laughs> Uh, no Gentry Williams again. I, I think we're on Gentry Williams' watch. Uh, Peyton Bowen did play and did have some good plays um, defensively. I, I think maybe the defensive player I was impressed with the most today was not even on a defensive play. It was Ethan Downs on a fake punt. Uh, Luke Elzinga threw a great pass to Downs who made a catch, got a first down. 
call back for penalty. Uh, what was it, illegal or pass interference downfield? Uh, and it was Nick Anderson who just really had to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, put his hands on a, on a defender, and, and the ball was still in the air. So uh, tough play. But Ethan Downs, man, showed some hands. Uh, but this defense, I mean, they came up with big plays when they had to have big plays. I think that's the, the big thing. Uh, I'm still big on Robert Spears Jennings. I mean, I really think he's going to be a really good player. He's been fun to watch. Uh, you mentioned the run fits, and, and and Venables wasn't happy with them. And, you know, even uh, Ted Roof, defense coordinator, you know, he talked about trying to find a linebacker with a hot hand. They were trying to mix things up and uh, trying to figure out which pair would work best on the inside. And I think maybe all that mixing things up might have took some momentum away and took some um, something away from those guys. Uh, so I think that hurt, but I mean – they found a way. Oklahoma found a way to win this football game, which was huge. So we're taping this around, uh, what is it, about 6.30 back home in Oklahoma. So there's still football games going on. It looks like Oklahoma State's about to put the finishing touches on a win. Uh, the big game to watch now is Iowa State-Texas. Uh, what's going to happen there? What's going to happen at KUK State? There's a couple of big games tonight. But Oklahoma can only control what it can control, and that's win football games. Uh, everything would have went, you know, down the toilet bowl, if they would have lost this game, they would have lost everything. So it was important to get this win. Now they have the 11 a.m. game against TCU uh, with some momentum. Yeah, I mean, it's you really couldn't put yourself in a better situation, uh, you know, going into this final game, right? The Big 12 championship game is still, you know, on the table. TCU is not a very good team. That gives you an opportunity to finish things strong uh, with a win at home and, as we saw with, uh, it sounds like Houston is playing OSU pretty close. You know, you never know who might uh, slip one up and, and give OU an opportunity to get into the championship game. So Oklahoma will finish the the finale regular season with an 11 a.m. game against TCU on Friday morning, and then has a you know depending on what happens tonight, has a whole weekend to wait and see results to see if they'll make it to the Big 12 championship game or not. Of course, Eli, Eli, I'm, I'm, I'm late, late. I called you Eli Mason. Mason and I will have all our coverage. <laughs> Eli's going to love that one. <laughs> Mason and I will have all the coverage uh, for Oklahoma football the rest of this week, holiday week, and then we'll be at the game on Friday. Uh, we'll probably have a podcast earlier in the week because it is a holiday weekend, uh, but we'll we'll get that taken care of too and look forward to talking. Next time we have this post-game podcast, we'll have an idea of what's going on a little bit. So we'll see what happens. So thanks, Mason, for your time. Uh, we'll be back. Thanks for listening, everyone. Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever platform you use to get your podcast, we're there, as well as, you know, to continue to read our copy. Uh, we're putting all kinds of stories out every day on this football team. Sooners improved to nine and two, and we'll see what happens next week at T- against TCU. Thanks for listening. Ugly as it was.